Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. For these and other great resources, please visit us at sparkswillfly.cc. So let's go to uh, Hebrews, the 11th chapter. I want to really just go off of where we were before I left. I'm just in this thing about vision, building. Um, just a season where, where I am. Just to do a little recap of last week. You found Hebrews chapter 11? That a lot of times we ask God to come. How many pray that prayer a lot? God, I want you to come. That is a cry of my heart. I've always tried to position myself for the more of God. How many believe that there's so much more than what we've experienced? And a lot of times the church wants to raise its level of wants to raise God down, bring God down to our level of experience. Instead of raising our belief and raising our vision to believe for the more of God. I believe everything in that Bible. Y'all believe that in this room? I believe if they raised the dead in the New Testament that we should be able to raise the dead. I believe if there was angels, come on, how many knows of the book of Acts? You believe that? And we got so far to go in the church, and so, but I believe the Lord's going to help us get there and cover the ground that we need to get to. We talked about last week, I'm just doing a little recap before I get into this morning, but I really just want to talk about vision. That's what I want to talk about this morning. That we cry out for the Lord to come, and we talked about Genesis 2 7. That God, the Bible says that God formed Adam from the dust of the ground. So in other words, God formed. He had a body. He had something to look at before He breathed into. And a lot of times we just want God to come without planning, without building, or without creating anything for Him to come. And I feel like even this morning, you know, as, as we move into this month, I'm just telling you prophetically, there's just a lot of stuff going on. How that even like with Will and Mac coming on the dates, we just got the available dates that they could come. Uh, you, you know, for the conference we're doing at the end of this month. But you know that we're rocking on the 100th year of Cook County. And, and we'll be on that 29th. And so I just feel like there's a lot of stuff that's going on in the realm of the Spirit. And the Lord's just trying to help us get there. And so this morning I want to talk about once you get this, I want to talk about building on the vision. Listen to this quote right here. This quote is given by uh, Bill Johnson. It says, if you look at the past long enough, you will become a monument instead of a movement. How many knows that we want to be a part of a movement? Religion always talks about what God used to do. I'm here to tell you that God's still the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And if God moved in the book of Acts, friend, listen to me. And if God moved in the 60s, if He moved in the 70s, if He moved in the 80s, if He moved in the 90s, if He moved in the early 1900s, surely God is with us today, friend. Listen, and here's what the church needs to hear. I wasn't alive in the early 1900s. I wasn't in William Seymour's revival. I was not alive to see William Brandon come blaze the trail, but I'm alive today, and I need to know that God... God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. If he was able to do miracles in the 60s, surely God could do miracles today, friend. All it takes is a church believing, not putting him in a box, and believing that all things are possible to them that believe. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Father, we love you. I feel the Spirit of God in this house right here this morning. It's time for the church to raise the belief level again. Did you hear me? It's time for us to believe big. A.A. Allen used to say we believe big because he is big. I come to tell you this morning, our God is not a God sitting on a what, on a, on a, as a what not on a shelf. Our God is alive who sits in the heavens with his son Jesus at his right hand making intercession for you and I. Come on, friend. So we don't we, we look at the past to learn. But we don't look in we don't live life in the rear view mirror. 
We, we're not as, as I appreciate everything God's done in this church, friend, but that's not what fuels me. The Bob Shadow videos is not what I'm living on, friend. What I'm living on is what I see coming on the horizon out of the front windshield. I don't live life looking out of the rear view mirror. And if you're doing that, stop it, friend. God has got way more for you than what you left behind. Paul said, I learned this one thing. I've obtained just one thing. Learn how to forget those things which are behind and press towards those things which are ahead. There's great things ahead of us. All right. Just stay right there with me just a minute, okay? I've been on vacation. I'm still in beach mode. Got to get off the island time. It's hard to get off the island time. Thank you, Lord. We're not trying to become a monument. We're trying to become a... We're, we're, we're in a movement, friend. You understand what I'm saying? Movement, pressing forward to the things ahead. We appreciate what God's done in the past. But that has only fueled us with the nutrients needed to get to where we are today. How many knows that Jesus said to occupy till I come? He didn't say camp till I come. He said occupy. December the 15th I use this all the time 1966 Walt Disney died five years after his death his greatest dream of all was actualized on October the 1st 1971 Walt Disney World officially opened in Orlando Florida Walt's brother Roy presided over the ribbon cutting ceremony in the midst of the celebration somebody came up to him and said it's too bad Walt couldn't be here to see this Roy quickly responded and said, he did see this, and that's why you can see it today. Friend, there's nothing, there's not anything built that did not reside in someone's heart and their vision to see it. I feel the Holy Ghost in this room, man, I'm telling you. The vision to see it. Why do we keep listening? I don't ride over this community and see it the way it is now. I don't look at our schools and see it the way it is now. I look at it and see the way it could be, friend. Come on, somebody. I see the church ablaze here in the South. I don't know what you see, but I don't see no dead, beat-up church in the South. I see an army arising in the South. I see the Valley of Dry Bones being breathed on once again, bone coming to bone. I see a shaking in the valley. Uh, come on, somebody. I see soldiers rising up. I see teenagers laying lust aside, laying sin aside, casting every weight that does so easily beset us and getting in the race. This is what I see. What do you see? What do you see is so important. What you see is so important. It determines everything. It determines everything. It determines how you live. Think about this. If I, if I told you, I wanted, I brought you, let's say, a 68 Camaro. And I said, I want you to completely restore this Camaro. The budget, don't worry about the budget. I don't care how much it costs. I want this thing totally restored. I want you to put the best you can find. About halfway into the project, you come and you've searched and you found the best parts you could find. About halfway into the project, I told you, I said, at the end, when you get done, I'm going to enter this thing into a crash derby. Would it affect the way you work on the car? That's the same way with your belief. If you believe that you're just simply hanging here on, waiting for the rapture of the church, it's going to determine how you live. Hold on, Adam. Just stay with me. But hold up right there. It will determine how you live. If, if your view of the end times is you're waiting on the church pew, hoping that, you know, that God's going to come rescue us out of all the debt we've got into, that's not the picture that the Bible gives. The picture that the Bible gives is that it says in Ephesians that there's this glorious church. A glorious church without spot, without wrinkle or blemish that is in equal proportion to the head, which is Jesus Christ, the head of the church. Come on, somebody. So that's the picture. And so if we live with vision beneath that, it will determine how you live. All right. So let's look at this verse of Scripture right here. In Hebrews chapter 11. Let's just restart in verse 1. It's all good. 
It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand. What? By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. Let's look at this again. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. Can I tell you the world in which you live in today is what you have framed. Oh my gosh. Every day you and I are framing a world in which we want to live in. How do you frame it? Right here. This thing right here is creating all kind of stuff. The Bible says it like this in James 3. Ain't it a It talks about how little the tongue is, yet what kind of fire it can start. It says a ship being so big, yet it is controlled by what? A little bitty rudder. That little rudder is turning it in whatever direction it is. This is what it's saying in Hebrews 11, that we are creating things, we are creating and framing a world with the power of our words. When you believe, when you live beneath what God says you are, you create a world in which is beneath your potential. Most people never tap into the real you. You tap into somebody else, but you never tap into the real person that God created you to be. Come on now, stay with me here. Most of us live, I think it's, I think it, what is it, like 40% of what the ability that most people tap into, 40% of their ability to do. I think it's only 40%. How many knows there's a whole lot more reaching? So listen to this. So if my world is filled negative, if I speak negative, we're not going to make it. We're broke. Every day you're creating that out of your mouth. What you got to have, listen, I don't care what my circumstances says. That doesn't determine who I am. I don't care what my bank account says. It doesn't determine who I am, friend. Come on, somebody. How do you determine how much value? How, how do you determine the value? What someone's willing to pay and how rare it is. You are the rarest person on the face of the earth. There's nobody else like you. What was somebody willing to pay? God gave his only begotten son that you should not perish but have everlasting life. That's how valuable you are. And if you believe you're valuable, you'll start speaking like you're royalty. Can I give you a few more scriptures? The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. The Bible says you are a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. You are divine royalty. Prince Harry ain't the only prince on the face of the earth. You are God's child, friend. That's who you are. And when you believe that, you start speaking that, you will start living it. My God, I'm preaching up in here. My difficult thing. Listen, I hate to listen. Most of us ain't, the, what we're trying to call the devil ain't nothing but what we, crying, we create. I, we give the devil far too much credit, friend. He's a creative being. He can't be everywhere at all, the, at all times. That's God the Father's everywhere at all times. He's the one that's omnipresent, not the devil. Half the stuff what we put in it is uncrucified flesh. What, what Jess was talking about, flesh that we ain't died to yet. Come on, somebody. And in, in our own mouth. We come in here and get a mighty move of God. And while the anointing's moving in here, we talk and say one thing. But when we get out yonder, and we ain't got the praise music pumping anymore. And we don't hear Steve saying, woo, woo, woo. And that voice comes back. That's when you got to man up and get your warfare ready. Come on, somebody. That's when you got to strap yourself up for battle and say, devil, you're an absolute liar. I still believe what I found in that room was real. I still believe that the book is real. Come on, somebody. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.12 that this word is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. This is a loaded weapon, baby. And when you stand up, came to preach here this morning. What did Jesus do when he was tempted? In the, he fought the enemy with the word. Worlds are framed by what? The word of God. I don't like my life. Well, you better speak, start speaking different. 
I dare you to change the way you talk. I said, I dare you to change the way you talk. Talk like you're going to make the best business deals. Get in the car in the morning with your best suit on. Come on, somebody. Get your hair slicked up, your teeth brushed up real good. Come on, somebody. Say, today I'm about to have an encounter with somebody that's going to change forever my life. This is the type of language that a prince talks about. You do not hear a prince talk about how bad it is and how much he's going down. And if God be for you, then who in the world can be against you? This is what you got to speak over your life. All right, I can just hang out on there, but we got to move on. All right, now, by faith we understand, worlds were framed. Now listen to this, if you go to Disney World, what did Walt Disney call his engineers? He didn't call them engineers. What did he call them? Imagineers. I don't need an engineer I need an imagineer because your job is to dream it bigger. Do you know the AT&T in the early days, how they become such a powerful corporation to where they are today? It's one of the things that they would do is they would take their top men and they would put them on a vacation. Believe this or not. And they wanted them to be out there for at least six to eight weeks with their family. Your job was to rest and relax on an island or a vacation. You got one job. Tell me how you can dream this company bigger. See, we think we, we, uh, that, that's crazy. Let me tell you something. That was the greatest investment they ever made. Because they got men back that was refreshed. Come on, you, you can't run seven days a week, friend. What, 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 what is recreation called? Recreate. When you recreate, you recreate your thought process. Come on, the line back up with what God says you are. All right, I, I, man, I, I'm going to have to get off of that because them rabbits is jumping out everywhere. All right, let's do this. But let me tell you this. Listen, you frame the worlds. Your world is framed by the power of your tongue. Let's establish that right now. God, break right now negativity off of our lives. Quit speaking negative. I said quit speaking negative. Pastor John, I'm talking to you. Quit speaking negative. Either this is real or it's a fairy tale. Come on. Father, help us. Line up the way we talk. Let the talk... Match the walk. And the walk, match the talk. Look at this in Genesis chapter 30. Go right here. It's a good verse of scriptures right here. We got Genesis chapter 30. If you ain't found it, it's right beside the book of Leviticus. All this new technology. See, I mean, they ain't got no app that sounds like by, uh, paper. Moving. So people just instantly there. All right, let's look at this. Verse 25. <clears throat> you there? Came to pass. <clears throat> All right. And it came to pass when Rachel had, had, had born uh, Joseph that Jacob said to Laban, Send me away that I may go find my own place to my, own, to my country. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served and let me go for you know my servant service which I have done for you. And Laban said to him, please stay if I found favor in your eyes for I've learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake. He won't leave. He, he won't him go. Come on. <clears throat> then he said, name me your wages and I will give it. So Jacob said to him, you know that I've served you and, and, and how your livestock has been with me. Uh, for, for what you had before I came was little, and it has increased to a great amount. The Lord has blessed you since my coming. And now, when shall I also provide for my own house? So he said, what shall I give you? And Jacob said, you shall not give me anything. If you will do this one thing for me, I will again feed and keep your flocks. Let, my, let me pass through all of your flock today, removing from them the speckled spotted sheep and all the brown ones among the lambs, and the spotted and speckled among the goats, and these shall be my wages. So my righteousness will answer for me in the time to come. 
When the subject of my wages comes before you, everyone that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and brown among the lambs will be considered stolen if it is with me. And Laban said, Oh, that it were according to your words. So he removed that day the male goats that were speckled and spotted from all the females that were speckled and spotted and one that had white in him and all the brown ones among the lambs and gave them into the hand of his sons. Then he put three days journey between himself and Jacob and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flocks. Now Jacob took for himself rods of green popular and the almond and the chestnut trees and peeled white stripes in them and exposed the white which was in the rods and the rods which he had peeled and he set before the flocks into the gutters and the watering troughs where the flocks came to drink so that they should not so that they should conceive when they came to drink so the flocks conceived before the rods and the flocks uh, brought forth streaks streaked speckled and spotted then Jacob separated the lambs and made the flocks face toward the streaked and all the brown in the flock of Laban but he put his own flocks by themselves and did not put them with Laban's flocks and it came to pass when the stronger livestock conceived that Jacob placed the rods before the eyes of the livestock in the gutters that they may conceive among the rods but when the flocks were feeble he did not put them in so the feebler were Laban's and the stronger were Jacob's thus the man became exceedingly prosperous and had large flocks female and male servants and camels and donkeys I want to ask you do you think God has given us an agriculture lesson no what he's telling you is how important your thought life is what you think is what you're giving birth to you remember the songs by Casting Crowns, the journey from your mind into your hands is not as far as you think. Listen to me. The thought process, the thought life, when it comes to vision, <clears throat> how you see it, how do you see, whatever you're, whatever you're seeing, this is what you're giving birth to. This is what your communication is. That's why the Bible says what out of the heart the mouth speaks. You want to know where somebody's living at, just sit down and listen. That's all you got to do. They'll speak exactly where they're living at. All you got to do is listen to them, right? Now, this, this deal on the thought life, let's look at this. Here's, uh, let's go to Philippians chapter 4. I got a good bit of scripture here, but I want you to see this, these verses of scripture right here. In Philippians chapter 4. Now, the first lady, former first lady, um, Eleanor Roosevelt, observed that great minds discuss ideas. Listen to this. Great minds, let, let me just say this. You choose what you want to focus on. Would we all agree with that? You choose. You, you, you are the gateway to what your mind chooses to feed on. All right? Whatever, whatever you're feasting with here, this is determining where you're going. I'm trying to help us here, right? This is determining where we're going. A baby is born, if it's born right, it's head first. This is the way, that, this is the way it comes. This is the way deliverance takes place. You, 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 it starts here, head first, heart first. With the heart, man believeth, but with the mouth, he's got to speak. How many knows your mouth has got to start lining up with what's in here? You ever been in a worship service? I've seen people trimming fingernails. How great thou art. How many knows that their mouth is moving but their heart's not engaged? When you see the person weeping with their hands up and their mouth saying how great they are, their heart and their mouth is in time, right? Jesus said you worship me with your lips, but what? Your heart's far from me. All right, now we're born again believers, right, in this room. If not, we, Matt already told you how you can. If you're not born again, you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, right? You can be born again this morning. All right, but here's the deal. And if God be for you, how many believe you're going to make it? Raise your hand, you're going to make it. If the God of the universe is for you, how many believe you're going to make it? All right, well, what we got to clean up is the vocabulary of what we believe that we're riding the Titanic. You are not on the Titanic, friend. You are on the ship called Zion, and it's going to make it to its destination. All right. We got a lot of people preaching we're on the Titanic, though. Come on now. Listen, you choose what you want to focus on. 
Whatever you're giving attention to, this is what you're going to give birth to. Jacob took the strong of the flock and he put these street and branches in front of them. And as they focused on those branches, what happened? They gave birth to young that was street. This is the same way you and I do. This is why meditation, I said it, the Bible says to meditate on the Word of God. Does it not? It's a powerful thing. Listen, if you would just learn how to just cut your worship on, don't even pray, don't even move your mouth. Just meditate on the goodness of God. Write these scriptures down. This is what it takes. This is how we transform the mind. Lord, I'm teaching a lot. I know I'm throwing out a lot. But listen. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Be ye not conformed. Don't be conned into forming to this world. But be ye transformed, what? By the what? Renewing of your mind. How do you transform your life? By what? The renewing of your mind. How do you transform your life? By the renewing of your mind. How many wants to transform life? Renew your mind. Change the way you think. And this is how you change your life. How many knows the wealthy think different than the poor? Lord. I'm, I'm trying not to give us overload here. But I'm just trying to tell you this. A lot of people think my answer to my finances is more money. That is not your answer. Listen to me right now. That is not your answer. If you have gotten in a hole with $10 an hour, if you make $30 an hour, that's the bigger pitch you're going to get in. You've got to change the way you think. How, can you, how many's ever seen the curse of the lottery? People win $30 million and they're broke. How in the world can that happen? It changed the way you think. Catherine wrote an article one time. She's in the education system. Teacher. One of the greatest problems that we see in the education system is what? Poverty. How many's ever heard of Dr. Ruby Payne? Her, her work on poverty, understanding the framework of poverty, has been held throughout the educational system. But it's like, to be honest with you, when I read it, it's almost like eating baby food out of a jar. How many's ever had to eat baby food? If you're grown, raise your hand. I did. We had our first child. Had to eat, but I, I didn't hold it very long. It's rough. You know what I'm saying? So I, now you know why the little baby does all that. It's rough. <laughs> and you do an airplane thing, and if he gets, you know, he said, "Man, get that out of there." <laughs> Just a couple things. Boy, I about want to break it off real bad, but I don't have, I'm going to have to probably give some pieces. You will never see the wealth at a buffet. You ever seen a wealthy man at a buffet? Oh. I remember eating at the Coaster one time, Sea Island. Brought our tray out there, steak by that big, with three shrimp. I told Captain, I said, we're going to have to go buy a McDonald's. We get done. And I ain't going to have no money left. But the wealthy, listen, the poor care about what? Is there going to be enough? That's why you hit a buffet. Scared they're not going to be enough. Scared they're not going to be enough. It's, it, I'm telling you, it's the mindset. You understand that poverty don't have nothing to do with your bank account. It's the mindset. The fear of always running out. The fear of never having enough. And we bring that same mentality into the church. That's why we get upset when Stanton gets really blessed. Because we believe he took the pie. Listen, in our father's house, there's more than enough. I don't care if a hundred people get blessed in this house. We did not exhaust his resources. That's the real deal. So, poor thing about quantity. Is it going to be enough? The middle class, think about what? Quality. Is it going to be good? Right? What does the wealthy think about? Presentation. That's why they come out and drizzle all that kind of stuff over that one little leaf. Hiding the three little shrimp. <laughs> Poverty. Walk. Walk. Middle class. Drive. Wealthy do what? Fly. Little by little, we got to reframe this right here. To start seeing different. Because if you can start 
seeing different, you will start living different. All right. Listen to this. Listen to this. Look at your neighbor and say, you choose what you want. You, you, you got the power to choose what you want to dwell on. First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt, I wrote this down. Observe that great minds discuss ideas. Listen to this. Great minds discuss ideas. Average minds discuss events. And small minds discuss people. Let me tell you something. We living in a small-minded town. Oh, yeah. Boy, people love my podcast, don't they? When we got to church talking about one another, that shows you the mindset of the church is very small. Small minds discuss people. Great minds discuss ideas. Great minds are people of vision. Small minds sees the problem. Great minds sees a solution. Ghost in here. I said, small mind sees the problem. Great mind sees the solution. What do we want to be a solution? I want to be a solution to the drug epidemic. Come on, somebody. I want to be a solution to teenage pregnancy. And it ain't some program that we can just put in a school and say, stop it. Let me tell you something. If you get young girls and young boys full of the Holy Ghost, they'll stop it. All right. Small minds discuss people. Well, I mean, I'm just in it. You don't understand my church. My church, you talk about everybody because they're small-minded. You grow their minds, and they'll stop that stuff. Mm, that's good right there. All right, let's go right here. You found Philippians. Where's the book of Philippians at? All right, I think it's right after, if you're struggling with it, Ezekiel. People's going to listen to this life. Man, that boy needs to quit preaching. Listen. All right. Listen to this, Philippians 4, 8. Look at this. Finally, my brother, this is the gate right here. I'm going to choose what I'm going to allow to get in this right here. You understand? How many knows that Joyce Myers wrote the book, what? The Battlefield. This is the battlefield. This is the battlefield. This is where the arsenal is, is coming every day right here. To hit this right here, ain't it? This is this, when, when God told you to do the business deal and you know you got to put the house up and everything else up to make it go. This is, every, this is, what, this is where the war starts saying, you're going you to go down if you do that. Come on. How many knows this? The greatest businesses was built on what? Risk. That is how you spell faith. R-I-S-K. If you love the shallow end, I'm not talking to you. But I'm talking about people that's willing to wade out into some deep water. You don't catch big fish in shallow water. You catch big fish in deep water. Shallow ends the hottest end of the pool anyhow. It's spelled R-I-S-K. Now, to live this life, you got to really watch this right here, this gate. You, you with me? Now let's look. Paul's going to give us an instruction right here to the church at Philippi on what we can think about. Look at this verse. Finally, my brother, whatsoever things are true. If it ain't true, don't dwell on it. Listen to this. Pettiness and greatness cannot occupy the same place. Pettiness and greatness cannot occupy the same space. Most of us are wore out with pettiness. That's why we can't do nothing great. We've done been exhausted over all the pettiness. Well, I wonder what she thinks about me. Listen, you ain't never going to be doing nothing great if you're going to let critics slow you down. My God, I can't, I can't get no help up in there. Who cares what they think? Listen, I want what we need to be. What does God think, friend? If God knows you and hell knows you, who gives a rip if the neighbor knows you? My God, my God. Little Raven Hill said, once you bow your knee unto God, you don't have to bow your knee unto a man, friend. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. I'm telling you. Or either y'all got the air conditioner different. Listen, pettiness and greatness cannot dwell in the same place. So quit dwelling on thoughts that do not matter. We can't even make, we can't do nothing great because we're trying to worry about because, because I, 
because I ain't got leather on the bottom of my shoes. Listen to me. You don't understand my situation. Maybe, maybe I could afford the leather on the bottom of my shoes, but maybe I'm constraining myself because of vision, and I got plastic on the bottom of my shoes. Come on, somebody. Maybe I didn't go to Haiti or Tahiti for my 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 uh, my honeymoon. Maybe because maybe I took that money and put a down payment on a house instead of coming back to a mobile home. This is the difference. See, we got to understand what vision is. Vision makes you constrain yourself to get to the destination. God, I feel like preaching right here. Mm, my God. Listen right here. Grant been trying to tell us we need a bigger boat. You know kids rule the house these days. You know that. Don't look at your neighbor like, huh? We got to ask the kids. How many knows when we were little, mom and dad just brought it home and we had to deal with it? That's changed. Now we consult with the kids. Do you like this car or that car? <laughs> Y'all ain't like it, ain't so. Huh? <laughs> Lord Jesus. Catherine's not up for a bigger boat. So I, I took us through a storm on the Gulf. Oh, yeah. Now she come back. She said, you know what? We need a bigger boat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do it every time, buddy. I asked Grant, was you scared? He said, when I saw that light and it looked like it was hitting water, he said, I was scared. This is what he said. So he come in there and showed me a picture. He said, look at this. He said, if we pulled up to the boat ramp in this, they'd know we something. You know what I told him? I said, we something whether we pull up in a John boat. I came to talk to some real people today. We got to quit living with what you drive defines who you are, friend. Joseph, the Bible says, in Genesis chapter 30, 31, somewhere around in there, that jo jo Joseph, the Bible says, was butt naked, handcuffed. Sold as a slave on the auction block. And the scripture says he was successful. Let me tell you something. That does not look like a picture of success in today's standards. But why does the scripture say he was successful? Because God was with him. Don't look at me right now, friend, because I, I don't have everything together. God's with me, friend. And I'm a work in progress. And he that hath begun a good work in me is going to complete it at the end, friend. If it ain't great now, it ain't the last chapter of the book. All right. Your clothes don't define you. Your house don't define you. Mm, oh, yes, I can. Listen. Listen to him. He's trying to test what you can think about. Ain't no way I'm going to preach all this day. I'm on, I ain't even made it to the halfway page. But don't worry. Calm down. I am one of these. I preach long enough to know this. You ain't got to preach everything on your notes. You ever been in the service like that? Went long and the preacher thought he had to preach everything he had wrote down. I'm like, man, fold it up. God left an hour ago. No, I'm like, listen. I have been. I'm, true story. I was about 20 years old. was running revival. There was five of us. I was on the front row. God was preaching. He done preached by, he done went 30 minutes way past God. And finally, I was to the point like this, Larry. He said he'd close and I said, praise God. <laughs> All right. You ready? All right. Siri trying to talk to him. Listen. Finally, my brother, you right here. Whatever things are true, if it ain't true, don't worry about it. It don't deserve your time. I'm just trying to give you some wisdom. Let me tell you something. When people come up to you and run Danny down to you, it's a matter of time for they run you down. Let me give you some wisdom right here. Don't join in that conversation. You know what you looked at? I'm lying. Say, devil, you're a liar. Um, finally, my brother, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are great, prominent, that's what you dwell on. 
Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are a good report. Listen, all of us in here have to face not good reports from time to time. Is that right? Don't dwell on the bad report. Look at this. If there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, in other words, if there's anything that you come up here on this stage and give God credit for, think on that. And meditate on these things. These, look at what he says. These things you learned and received and heard and saw in me. These, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. What he's saying is if you can develop this type of mindset, you can live like Jesus and be in the midst of the storm on the sea and be laid down asleep. You will have the ability, Dad, to look at your bride and say, listen here, I can tell you this, we ain't going down. I remember reading a book years ago called Without Walls. It's a story of Paul and Randy when they built, how they built the church down in Tampa. And he said in the book that they were living literally on government cheese. And she run out of what to feed the kids. And she said, I'm telling you right here, we fish and be without. This is it. He said, well, I want you to sit down and write a book. And I want, this is what you want. I want you to title this book. People that obeyed God and did without. He said, because you will be the first author to ever pen a book. I'm trying to help us here. Listen to this right here. Destiny will always pay the bills. Did you hear what I said? I said destiny will always pay the bills. You may go through a rough season and a rough patch, but God will always pay the bills, friend. That's a good word right there. I'm telling you. All right, I got to finish up right here. All right. Trying to see what I want to do. Movements are always birthed by dreamers who first envision life as it ought to be and, as, and not as it is. George Barnard Shaw said, Some men see things as they are and ask why. Others dream of things that never were and ask why not. Friend, you'd have never had this thing called an iPhone if it had not been for a dreamer named Steve Jobs. Before you showed up in the earth, our father, the great designer, saw you, saw your destiny, and he formed you to fit it. Nobody can accomplish that but you. I don't know. I, I've, I, I just feel like that all of 18 and going up to this, we've talked about this word. But the greatest thing that's on me is I feel like God's saying, son, you've got to raise the vision of your people. You've got to believe for more. You can't look at this desolate field behind this church and say that's it. It's destined to be far more. And it starts simply by learning and developing and to consciously, when you, when you, <clears throat> how many's ever read the book? There's a book, it's called Practicing the Presence by Brother Lawrence. People would travel for miles just to watch him peel potatoes. He literally would glow in the presence of God. And this is what he said. He said that any time he felt his mind shifting from the presence, he would stop, repent, bring his mind back, Focus on the presence. Now, some of us, we can't dream of anything bigger because our minds are so full of pettiness that we got to repent of. Small thinking. Come on, y'all. When I pray, I envision of impacting the world. I do know that it starts at home. But then I go sit there at Danny's office and he says, we're going to get on the jet. You remember the first day, one of the first days we went around there, and Danny grabbed him by the shoulder, and he said, you're going to fly. And he said, like right here. And by the time, <laughs> jet flew right over us. Power of God come all over us. 
But you know what? To be honest, when I'm sitting there, <clears throat> half my people still on vacation. <laughs> Come on. Huh? I'm thinking, we can't even fill this up. And we're going to be on a jet? What I got to do is I got to, I, I can't, I can't go by this. I'm trying to tell you, if you live by just this, you're going to be crippled in this life. And we're going to bury you and you're not going to accomplish half of what God intended you to do. It's, I'm telling you, a lot of this walk of faith takes risk and it starts, it takes, it takes courage. And courage, in the nice way to put it, is when you're scared as you know what. But you do it anyhow. That's courage. You don't think David mighty men wasn't scared? Have you ever read 2 Samuel 23? Shammah standing out in the field full of lentils, defending it. Come on. You don't think Samson wasn't scared when he took a jawbone of a donkey and killed a thousand from these things? Do you not think that you think David just went out there, boy, I'm going to take him out. I can imagine. I just I, don't you imagine when Saul was trying to fit him in the armor, he was thinking, "Oh my God, what in the world have I done?" Said, "Huh?" But what did he do? He trusted in the Lord, the same God that delivered me from the hand of the lion and the bears, the same God that's going to deliver me today. So we got to raise our vision. Let me tell you this: there was a preacher that uh, that his congregation used to laugh at him. Whatever, young, just I mean, just he was young, just fireball preacher. Came to a little city in Georgia, up in the hills of Georgia, and he'd get up in his pulpit and he would say, "Church, one day from the red hills of Georgia, we're gonna touch the nations." And they'd be like, "Oh man, preacher, oh pastor, he's just passionate, you know. He's just young buck. He he just boy, he's just all into from the red clay hills of Georgia, we're gonna touch the nations." You know that little young preacher now by the name of Jensen Franklin. And what is he doing? He's touching the nation, friend. You got to believe it enough to speak it. If you can't talk about it, it's because you, you yourself don't believe it. And if you don't believe it, how in the world do you expect me to believe it? But once you start talking about it, that lets me know you get close to believing it. What are you saying? I'm saying that God's got some big stuff, not no little stuff. God ain't never created this house for, for small-minded people. Now, let me tell you this. I don't believe God ever, I, I'm not saying, I'm not going to live myself, but I don't know that God ever destined a mega church to be here, but he destined big people to be here. You can do big two different ways. You can fill it up with a bunch of Stantons, or you can fill it up with about 300 of me. And I'll say you little. You know what I'm saying, size-wise. Understand, God created big people to be a part of this house. And if God called you here, what you think your destiny is then? Big. Your destiny ain't the hood. Come on. I ain't knocking the hood, but God ain't telling you to stay there. Come on. You're not, someone said, well, you just don't understand. I'm just limited by my employer. No, you're limited by your thinking. Your employer ain't limiting you nothing. I started in 1997. In 1997 at $5.15 an hour running a set of post hole diggers. I remember when I made $10 an hour, I told my dad, I said, well, I'm well on my way to financial freedom. <laughs> $10 an hour won't get you a vacation at Eagle Island unless you're an extreme manager. How many knows where Eagle Island is? Eagle Island is the second island you see at Reed Bingham. I cut up with Captain. I said, I got us a private island we're going to this weekend. <laughs> y'all great people here in Cook County didn't even know y'all had a private island that you could rent at Reed Bingham State Park. You just need somebody to stay up and watch for gators. You had sleeping shifts. It's got its own outhouse there. Only limited here. When I had a man in Fiaz, we were driving up 75. We were talking about what Pastor Parsley's built, Columbus. She said, you know, the only thing they were doing is they were loving God and doing life together. And that's the result of what happened. But I'm just trying to tell you. 
the boy that started at 5.15 hour made $10 and thought I was on my way to financial freedom. Started from 5.15 running post hole dares to well into the six figures. How many knows that's a line of like that? If your, vert- if your line of your life, what we got to... What we got to cut out is where the line's doing this, Danny. That's the roller coaster. Nobody can't. Listen, roller coasters are fun for 30 seconds. But we appreciate them when they stop. The Bible don't talk about the roller coaster. It says we go from glory to glory. From faith to faith. The end, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about your kingdom that you're supposed to be in. The kingdom of God knows in, it's increased. There's no end. It's expanding every day. So we got to change the way we think and talk. And the vision we have between our ears. Stand up right here on the prayer of you. There's not a person in here that don't need to pray and ask the Lord to forgive us for the way we talk. Not one single person, including the one holding the mic. And we don't need Catherine to verify that. I'll, I'll go ahead and confess it. But you know, you know that this is the, I just left my job about two weeks ago. And Obviously, that income's not there. And I'll be honest with you, about, about Thursday night, when you just, money's going there, money's going there, money's going there. Granddaddy, we need this. And Asher, like, I'm getting this. And I start, start, I just felt something just rise up on me. Now, I know, I'm not stupid. I know, I know how to, I know how to manage. You, let, let me give you best economic Deal right here. You cannot spend more than what you make. You will never rob Peter. You will never get out of debt by borrowing. You can't do it. Now what you may have to do is live, put the knife to the throat for a season. Maybe, maybe you can't have an f- iPhone. Maybe your phone is a flip phone. <laughs> you hear me? Does the phone define you or does vision define you? Father, I just thank you that you're a good father. I thank you that you have nothing but the best for us. Your dreams for us are massive. Father, I have three boys, and I want nothing but the best for them. God, I want to back down to the ramp and unload that massive boat for my son to fish however he wants to fish. That's my heart. And Father, if that's my, if that's my heart, how much more is your heart towards us? Father, help us today to raise our vision. Let us get out of low to bar. Church, listen to me. right, Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost. We are like Mephibosheth, heirs to the king, living at a heirs to the throne, living in low to bar. And then when David showed up to bless him, he thought he was coming to kill him. Let's get out of this low place. Let's dream the dreams of heaven. God is not just lit. He, he does not just live in Redding, California or Hamilton, Alabama. He could be right here in Sparks. There could be a move of God to draw sin into this town and say, my God, what is happening? Why? Because people took the reins off of God and just let him be who he is. My God. God wants the best for your family. Dad, raise the vision over your children. He's not here, but Jonathan Siler, the night that we did the youth whatever thing in here, I heard the Lord tell me on the front row that I've called him to be a surgeon. 
And I said, well, man, I sure hope that's the desire's heart. So I come up here on the stage and I ask him, what, what do you want to be? I want to be a welder. There's nothing wrong with being a welder. If God called you to be a welder, please understand what I'm telling you. But I knew what God had said. But I knew this, a place called Lodabar had caused him to lay the vision down so far. Church, I can't pray. I know, listen, I know, I know when I've gone past God, but I'm trying to drive this point home. Do you know that Saul, church history says that his daddy was a great warrior. His daddy was a great warrior. His daddy was known, but he's bad to the bone. When he was sent to go look for the donkeys, when Samuel the prophet saw him, he said, our, our clan's nothing but a little clan. We the least of the tribes. We the least family in our clan. And Samuel spoke back to him. And he said what? He said, is not this the beauty of Israel whom God has chosen? Now I want to ask you something. Do you think, do you think in that word that he was prophesying for the ability for him to be that? Or was he calling him back to the original destiny God had for him? Some of you words need to be broken off of your life this morning that you believed about yourself. I don't look in the mirror every day and say, I cannot believe I've gained 85 pounds since I got married. I know how to get the weight off. I look in the mirror and say, John, you're the best bald-headed man with a beard I've ever seen in my life. Somebody said, well, love is blind. But I can tell you this, you're never going to get your weight off by hate being fat. you got to want it for a different reason, a lifestyle change. Come on. Father, I pray today, Lord, we break. Come on, just lift your hands. I'm going to do some praying right here, and I'm going to let you go. Some of you, you said, well, I can't wait till we get the sisters. I'm trying to give you something better than sisters here. Father, I break words right now. I shatter the lies of the enemy where we've been labeled, where we've been labeled. How many knows that? Listen to me. How many knows this? The Bible says the devil is the accuser of the brethren. That word accuser means category. Where we get our word category. The enemy loves to put you in categories. He loves to put you in the category. Say, so, well, you just, your whole family been poor. I don't care if poverty's been in your family for 15 generations. You got the power to break it, friend. You got the power to break it. You don't have to be an alcoholic. You don't have to be a porn addict. You don't have to be nothing. You can be free in Jesus' name. Just believe. Father, raise the vision of this house. Raise the vision of this city. Raise the vision of this community. God, help us to believe. Lord, help us to believe. We believe we can be great because you're great. Touch your neighbor on the shoulder. Say, touch your neighbor on the shoulder. Right here, I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Father, impart the greatest vision. Father, impart great vision into them right now. Let them see God. Give us eyes that see. Give us ears that hear. Give us eyes that see. Give us ears that hear. In the mighty name of Jesus. Church, you're going to do great things. Tell them. Say, look at your neighbor right now. Say, you're going to do great things. God's for you, friend. You're going to do great things. Come on, prophesy until they believe it. You got to prophesy that they believe it. You're going to do great things. I believe it. I believe it just like Danny says. I ain't going to fly a Delta. I'm going to fly in that jet. And we're going to eat a piece of filet mignon on a doggone plate in that jet. Come on, you believe it? About three people. Well, you ain't going to ride on it with us then. You just drive by car, and we'll wait on you when you get there. You go on vacation in Destin, not at Eagle Island. I, I, I feel like we're about that high. That's how I'm gonna lead. Now, if I if I don't, I, I got to know that four people believe what I'm preaching about before I leave today. Your businesses are going to do better than you've ever dreamed. I said it. You're going to make more money than you ever thought you could ever, ever make in Jesus' name. You're going to go places you thought were never possible, friend. I declare that over you.
It's the greatest passion of my heart. But I want to see you get to the place. I want to, that's my prayer. God, help us to get to where you called us to be. Don't let us settle for little vision. We're not settlers, friend. We're not settlers. We're pioneers. We look at the forest with a machete and say, here I come. That's who we are. I bless you today. I bless you today with everything within me. I bless you. I bless you to believe. I don't care what you got to do, friend. You stretch your mind. You stretch it right now. Father, forgive us of the negative talk breaking off you. Look at your husband, your wife. Say, we changing the way we talk right now. And you'll start building a brighter future. God bless you, friend. We'll see you in this house Wednesday night. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message. For more exciting content, visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc and connect with us on social media. 